Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, thanks for taking the time out of your day to listen to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. On today's podcast, we have Boss Wolf of Precision Peeps. Boss's product, the Precision Peep, is an interesting concept. It's a peep site with a post in the middle, um, something that I was not familiar with until I received it through the Bowhunter Box Club. And once I did, I was kind of intrigued by the idea, so I put them in both of my bows and have been pretty happy with the results. It's definitely a learning curve, but it's it's definitely uh, worth a look if you're struggling with some of your shots or you're new to archery and you haven't really put it all together. And Boss is one of those guys, he's not making any claims, he's not making any promises, he's not saying that this is the best product ever. Um, he's just come out with a really great concept and he really genuinely just wants to help as many archers as he can. Uh, and actually it's built more for the hunter. So he's trying to help as many hunters as he possibly can. And I can really appreciate, um, not trying to oversell his product or anything like that. It was a really great podcast to record that being said, I did get it through the Bowhunter Box Club, so you can definitely go check out thebowhunterboxclub.com where they send you cool things in the mail that are bow hunting related, uh, $45 a month, and it's a subscription box so you can get cool bow hunting type things sent to your door every month. Also, please go check out our friends over at gearrack.com. They have uh, bino harnesses, gear pouches, and all sorts of things uh, like that for carrying your gear and a little bit of organization. We're actually giving away one of their bino harnesses on our Instagram, so go check that out. All you have to do is follow us, follow Gear Rack, and tag two friends. And we'll be giving that out right before we head out west on our elk hunting trip. And finally, check out our friends over at Serviceide. Serviceide has lifestyle apparel for the hunter as well as bow hunting items on their website as well at all of those places you can use the discount code chronicles and you'll definitely save some money 25 percent off at gear act 10 percent off at bowhunter box club and service side so without any further ado here's the podcast with boss wolf and precision peeps thanks again for listening Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bullhunter Chronicles podcast. Um, Adam and John here today, and we are with with Boss Wolf from Precision Peeps. Um, here to talk about a product that I wasn't familiar with at all until um, I'd got one through the Bowhunter Box Club. And, um, you know, over, it's been, I don't know, six or eight months of seeing the product and, and, and trying it, uh, I want to get him on here and, and kind of introduce, uh, you know, the listeners to this product that I frankly didn't know existed before, um, it showed up in the mail. So, um, how are you doing today, boss? I'm doing great. It's, uh, I'm glad to be on your show. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you. Like we talked a little bit before here that, you know, we normally don't have a whole lot of, um, products on here or, or, or people trying to, to pitch their products. Um, and I think it's more because we want to be able to shoot whatever we want to, and we don't want to feel like we're tied to, to something. But, um, uh, I think in your case, the product is so, uh, I don't different and simple all at the same time. And it's just not something that 
I don't think a lot of people are aware of. Uh, I want to make sure that our listeners were kind of, um, I guess, at least exposed to it. Um, so I guess tell us a little bit about um, Precision Peeps, but also uh, kind of like about yourself and your your history in, in hunting, like how you came up hunting. And, and obviously bow hunting, we're a bow hunter um, centric uh, podcast here. So Right, right. Um, you know, we, we came up with this idea, uh, about four years ago. Uh, I actually grew up as a, a rifle hunter. Um, I grew up on a ranch in Northwest Colorado. So when you say you're going on an elk hunt, um, you know, I feel pretty spoiled that I grew up where I did because, you know, almost daily there were elk coming right through our property. Um, some of our lifelong friends have, you know, some of the best guiding, uh, outfits in Northwest Colorado. And, you know, I remember going to my first, uh, show as a, as a supplier for precision peeps. And, you know, somebody said, well, you know, what, what unit do you hunt? And it, I'm, you know, I was, you know, 38 years old when somebody asked me that. And I didn't know what he meant because I grew up hunting on our neighbor's property. We said, well, we're just going to the Haystack Angus ranch. Um, or just going to Jake's. So it was, you know, it's kind of funny to me. I grew up with it being literally right out my back door, um, with some of the, the, you know, the biggest elk right there. Um, you know, we got plenty of muleys through there and antelope and whatnot there. So it was always, um, me and my dad and my brothers and we'd go out every season and, um, we had a, an old ranch hand who taught us pretty much everything you could ever want to know. He was uh, half Native American, so there was something in him that just, uh, he, he knew how to prepare the meat better, um, knew how to quarter them better. Everything was, it just seemed like it was the best experience you could possibly grow up with um, for hunting. And it was the best elk jerky I, to this day, have ever tasted because of how he, he prepped it. So um, that, was, that was my background growing up, was mostly with rifle. And that's kind of where the idea actually generated from. When I got into bows um, several years ago, you know, like you said, I, you know, got a bow from the store and had them set it up and just had that regular circle peep in there and did okay with it. But one day I was, I was out at the, uh, at an outdoor range and maybe my third or fourth shot of the day, just, you know, flung the, the peep right out of the string and just didn't want to go home. So I said, well, all I need back here on the string is, is a, a, an exact point of reference. Um, and I can line up my front pin with that. And so the tie-in string was still on the, uh, the string, the bowstring itself. And so I just moved that down about where the peep was and used that as my point of reference, lined my front pin up with it. And within six or seven shots, I was popping a, a, a paper plate at 60 yards. And it just kind of, from there, grew into the concept of, you know, maybe somewhere in the back of my brain, the, the old iron sights of, of my dad's rifle kind of clicked. And that's where we came up with the post to just say, you know, I don't need to worry about trying to line up these two circles. If I have two exact points of reference, n nothing else needs to get lined up. So that's where the whole, whole idea and, and my history kind of, I think, you know, having a history in, in open sight rifles uh, is, is kind of what made the difference in, in inventing what we did. And can you explain the product that you've, that you have um, just for, you know, listeners who are, I mean, maybe couldn't right, figure right. it out from the, the description yeah. there. Um, so we have a, a, you know, a peep site, which is it's just like other peep sites is a circle, but we've added a, a center post um, coming up from the bottom of it that goes right to halfway of the, the center of the peep. So instead of trying to line up aperture and housing on your front pins, you're just lining up the post in our peep and dropping your distance pin right on top of it. So it's kind of like putting a golf ball on a tee. So, you know, or the, you know, the pumpkin mentality that some people have as well, but it's, yeah, just a regular old peep with a, a vertical post in it for, uh, that you align with now instead of the, the aperture. And so do you have a background in fabrication or engineering? Or, I mean, I guess, what are you, did you do for a living? 
Um, because I, I guess I feel like there's like two schools of thought when a new product comes out, at least for me is either, man, that's so simple. Why didn't I think of that? Or I thought of that 10 years ago, but I could never make it into fruition. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it's, you know, it's funny at almost every show that we do, or, you know, it doesn't, doesn't take long for us to meet people that say, that's so simple. Why didn't I think of it? Or, you know, I thought of that years ago, but didn't quite know how to, to do the manufacturing. You know, I, I grew up, uh, like I said, in a small town and we had a, you know, a metal shop and a, a drafting class that were required in high school. And we learned all about technical engineering and drawing. And my original drawings of our product are still, uh, a three perspective drawing that I learned uh, in my, you know, sophomore drafting class, um, and it's it's something I've always been around. Um, you know, growing up on a ranch, there's times where you need a part that doesn't quite exist, and so you just fabricate it. Um, and most of it is just welding pieces together. Um, you know, we had a bunch of you know, kind of small precision drills that. Um, we could kind of create and make some things out of scrap metal that we had. And it was just always tinkering and, and saying, how does, how do we make something that doesn't quite exist yet? So I think that just kind of helped me have a, you know, be prepared to say if, if something doesn't quite make sense yet, there's always a way to make it. Then you were just able to take that, that design. And I mean, did you, I'm, I'm sitting here with John and I'm not sure if you're familiar with our podcast, but our listeners will be like, well, John could do that in the garage. Cause he's, <laughs> you know, he makes his own strings and makes all the strings for us, but it's literally out of things that are just welded together. Some, a little right. bit of channel here, a little bit of, yeah. Know. Well, that's, I kind of come from the same thing, not on a farm, but just always, I've, I've always said I have more time than money. So I just figure stuff out on my own and. Yeah, I had had a maintenance. I I was a maintenance uh, mechanic for a chemical plant for for years, and 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 I went through. I actually did uh, architecture and construction technology for when I first graduated out of high school. So, I I very cool. I think I still have AutoCAD on my old computer that's down in the basement, like (laughs) AutoCAD two thousand or something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just grew up with my my brother. Uh, so my second oldest brother was an architect and my closest brother is an architect. Um, and he, he would, they were actually in the same drafting class with me and they were always, they were always better at it than me. <laughs> um, you know, I actually ended up, I was a, you know, still am a, a public school teacher, um, kind of on the side right now is, is precision is precision takes more time. And it's, I'm, I'm fortunate that with, with public school teaching, I've got, decent enough hours that I can get home and, and still run a business. Um, but you know, they always were better at it, which is why they went into into architecture. But when it came to working on the the ranch, working on the property, I was the one that always spent every summer there and, and did all the work. So they knew all the, you know, like you said, AutoCAD and, and they can design the heck out of a house and, and, you know, do really great things. For me, it was, you know, you say, well, I didn't have enough money, but I had a lot of time. Um, that was us. We didn't have the money to just go, you know, order a new John Deere part. Um, you know, you had to solve the problem with what you had. And that meant going to the, you know, the, the west side of the barn and looking through the scrap heap. And, yeah, you get some channel tubing, you know, here. Or, you know, you get a, a square there or whatever it takes. And until you've made something that's solid and, and works. Right. So when you were talking about how you lost your peep for years, like matter of fact, I'm looking at my buddy Jason's bow hanging on the, the rack here, which I got to build a string for, but he, uh, he still doesn't shoot a peep like years yeah. when we were growing up just because the peep sites were a lot of them, you know, it was mainly for target as well. We looked at it because when you, if in the low light situation, you're trying to look through that small peephole and you end up, you can't see your pins. And back then it was, you know, we were shooting the old site housings that were like square or rectangle. They weren't even a, a, a round, 
you know, housing. And so we just, we used kisser buttons back then. That was our anchor point. And so so then we just line our eye up, you know, our kisser button and then our nose and then just look down the edge of the string. So it's, it's, you know, pretty, uh, like I said, simple, but effective. Right. And you know, one of my, one of my best friends up in steamboat, he's a, a guide up there, never used a peep in his life. And, you know, he was, he, he, I talked to him about our product and he, he was, he was no help whatsoever because he's got no experience with it. <laughs> um, you know, he's actually, he uses, the way he describes it is he uses uh, anchor point and then the tip of the arrow. Okay. And I don't, I don't know how he does it. I mean, but he, <laughs> he brings them home every single year. Well, I think that leads into one of the questions that I had sent you. Kind of one of the things that I wanted to to talk about is um, a couple things. Maybe like the science of why that two point of reference thing works and why it hasn't been used before. But then also um, kind of like a, a and John was shooting one uh, this afternoon and it, it kind of ends up being old dog, new tricks type thing. So have you had resistance from shooters, uh, maybe older shooters that have been just, I'm just going to sure. continue to do it my way. I mean, cause you're yeah. kind of, it's kind of a novel idea, maybe not idea. Cause you're saying that people have come up with it before or, or kind of had the same, same thought process, but you know, there's so many people out there that say, well, I'm doing what I'm doing and it, it works for me. So I'm going to continue doing it, you know? Right. And that's, you know, we end up saying this uh, to a, a ton of people that we describe this to, you know, if, if there's shooters out there and they're filling their tags and, you know, or punching their tags and filling their freezers every year, I, I don't want to mess with your shot. Uh, you got something going for you. That's great. I, you know, we're, you know, at the, expensive kind of sounded like a you know an aw shucks hillbilly we just we truly want to make people better hunters um and if you're already filling your freezer i i don't want to i don't want to mess with that um but i also know a lot of people out there that are either missing their their shot or not confident enough to take that shot because it maybe it's at a, a distance that they're just not quite right there yet um and if i can help that person out that's willing to say look i'm going to trust this thing because it gives me an exact point of reference um that's that's where we're at that's our wheelhouse so you get you know yeah you're going to get some people in in every industry and every walk of life that say it's new and i don't like it um my dad used to tell me that when the refrigerator first came out people were or excuse me the freezer when they first kind of worked on that people were reluctant nope my guy brings me my ice every day i'm good and when they hand delivered ice to the to, to homes right and we you know we all got fridges and freezers in the in the house you know in every single home in the, in the country now so at some point people got to realize it's not a one one size fits all for some people it's just never going to be what they need but for a lot of people out there having that confidence and that second point of reference i think is all the difference between taking the right shot and going home empty-handed right well do you have like adam has the orange one in his and i was mm-hmm. trying i I, sh- I still shoot just a regular uh peep like a three sixteenth, so it's a smaller one just because i'm right. so used to doing the you know elliptical you know ellipse in my pen or my scope housing but i was shooting right. his which his draw length is quite a bit short for me so i was trying to adjust to it but for me and he's got the four pin sight for me with the orange one it almost seemed like i couldn't see it you know real well and so i was kind of seeing the other pins past it do you have any i mean do people prefer like? Do you have a black one or darker thing, colors? You know, right, the orange one is our, our brightest one, and then okay. we got a, a a blue that's a lot more muted, and it's it's kind of a it, it just different strokes for different folks. Right. Um, 
and and part of it is having the right draw length too. If it's too far away from your eye, you right. know that post will be will be too solid, okay. and you won't you won't be able to see past it. You know the goal is that it should basically be a ghost image. You should be able to see it, but see through it. Right, and I, um, I was I was seeing through it, but I was like I said, I was just you know when I make half dozen shots, and I could you know I was hitting the target and everything. I was just trying to get you know figure it out i guess and i could right, kind of see right. his it was definitely uh like a ghost pin but i could right, see his exactly. other t- other three pins below it kind of too i'm like well i think it would just take more time for me to just get used to it you know i'm just so used to uh, doing the elliptical part of it but right it was and definitely working. again it's uh you know w- with anything there's a little bit of that learning curve um but you know what's funny to me and i've, I've never been able to to actually do it, I want to kind of get a video of this. You know, the theory is that, you know, let's say you're in a, a, a tree stand, you're, you're in a blind, you're just, you're kind of in a compromised position that doesn't look like your range. And, you know, while a lot of people have pretty good anchor points, maybe that's compromised at some point with the, the peep, you know, and the, the post in there realistically. And like I said, I'd love to get a video of this. Um, you should be able to line those two things up without the, the bow touching your face at all. If those two things are what you sighted, that's exactly where the arrow's going every time. Right. Um, and I'd love to kind of set it up where I'm pulling the bow back and I have somebody else look through it and sight it on the post and the pin and put it right in the middle of the, the target. Yeah, that, that'd be a good one. I feel like we've done that before, not with the precision peep, but um, when I first was uh, shooting with uh, my father-in-law, and you, I don't think it was target panic, but it was like not making good shots, um, you know, not having a good clean release. He, right. He'd click the release on and draw it back, and it would be in my hand, and he's like line it up and like, for that surprise shot he's like right. he's like lined it up and he'd let it go from me so i mean I, i'm yeah i'm sure it's definitely about, definitely yeah. possible you, you talk about you know you want to be surprised by the release yeah that's yeah. that's a pretty extreme way of doing it um no and that's you know the thing with you know again having that point of reference as you know both of your points of reference being on the bow what's really cool is now whatever's happening to your to your arrow you're seeing it so if you start getting those shakes your two points of reference are going to start vibrating if you got one on your face and one on the riser those two points of reference you might not see that movement but every minuscule little move that you're making where your your post and your your peep or your post and the distance pin aren't you know lining up or they're kind of torquing or or again just sort of dancing around on you that's exactly what's happening to your arrow and so it's it's actually been a you know this was kind of an ancillary benefit to it that we hadn't intended but it's a really great teaching tool as well you say look i i see my my pin drop right at the point of release you know okay well you're getting punchy on your release well i see that i'm torquing you know i'm, I'm just gripping too hard on that you know 10th shot well, okay, you're getting a little bit nervous. So it's it's become a teaching tool as well to see where maybe some of your habits that you couldn't see before are kind of affecting you. We actually had a guy call us and say, I, I need to send it back. It's it's not working for me. I said, Oh, well, okay, let's you know, what what's going on? And he said it just the thing moves around too much. <laughs> and I, I kind of took a second, I said, Well, I, I guess I, I don't know what to tell you. That means you're moving around too much, and that's what your your arrow is doing. And the second I said it, you could you could tell he kind of felt he felt kind of ridiculous. And he said, "I can't believe I didn't think of that." <laughs> and that's where you get into that old dog new tricks mentality. You know, you blame the product first instead of maybe realizing that this could be a product that's actually teaching me things as well. So in in making that product, I have to imagine it has to do with um, the low light situation and having something kind of in the way, kind of like what John had alluded to, um, you right. know, in in past years. 
But one of the things that I've found, and again, it, it completely goes into the the old dog new tricks, is that that because the size of that the aperture is quite large, right? If you choose to, you can still shoot. You know, you can eclipse the housings, level your bubble, and do all that inside of that that large housing. So when I first put it in there, I found myself going back and forth between between the two. And so how did you end up on that that large of a size? Because I feel like if it were smaller and you weren't able to do that, it you'd drive people to use it as intended. Right. And that's, and that's always the trick is, you know, we've, we've looked at and we've actually kind of done a little bit of uh, test production in the last month and a half or so on a quarter inch. Um, you know, the, the, the thing we want to make sure people know is that the way our product works, it is not an aperture housing concept anymore. It's post pin and shoot. And, you know, we, we'd have people call and say, look, I'm trying to line up this post, the housing, the aperture, and my distance pin, it, there's too many things to line up. And we said, hold, hold on. You don't even, for example, on my front site, there, you know, you got that little glow sort of sticker that you can see to, to make it a little bit easier to reference. I've taken that off because it's just visual clutter to me. It's, I don't even want to see any circles. So once we kind of get people realizing that, don't worry about aperture because that's not how you're lining things up. Then you can start to say, okay, but if you still like something a little bit smaller, your eyesight is good enough that you can pick up a smaller post because we'd have to make the post a little bit smaller. Um, and that's what you're comfortable with. You know, we'll probably come out with a quarter inch at some point. Um, but our bread and butter concept is post pin and shoot you know, not worrying about aperture and housing anymore. Because you start talking about bubble level and all those other steps, you know, that's where we've gotten the most buy-in is because you we got people, I've taken my bubble level off. We got a lot of our pro staff, they've taken their bubble level off because the relationship of the post to the distance pins tells you if you're level and tells you if you're torquing. So one of the buy-ins that, that people have with our product is, you're faster on your target because you, we had a, a pro staffer that he, I think he said he had an 11 point checklist before he'd pull his release. You know, you're okay with anchor point, uh, aperture, housing, pins, bubble level, target. And then you'd kind of go through those all again because something might have moved in the meantime. Now it's just post pin shoot. So he's, you know, he's a lot faster on his target than he ever was. You know, it's three steps instead of 11. And we found that a lot of people have the same experience. They're just faster and more confident when they see that elk kind of finally sitting broadside to them. <laughs> so we're obviously um, talking about this in regards to hunting. Uh, but how is right. it? transitioned and how has it been received in like the 3d realm right well and, and you mentioned richard loosemore um i don't know if you you follow his uh any of his posts but last season i think he he got first in every tournament he entered 3d um and he's one of our pro staff um so it's it, you know it's transitioned to 3d you know really cleanly because it's it's basically a, an elk that's that's just standing there waiting for you. You know, all the conditions are, are more or less the same. Although I love all these 3D tournaments that have, you know, random, you know, T-Rexes and zombies and all that out there too. But um, it's more or less your, your hunting scenario under slightly more controlled circumstances. So we've had a lot of success, you know, with, with Precision Peeps. Um, doing well in the, the 3d target range when it comes to indoor you know it's a little bit different you got clarifiers and you know scopes and and stuff that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try to compete with something that that magnifies things um you know in making this we did so much research on how the eye works um that without the the use of a lens 
uh, there's we're, we're just not in the same category as that. And that's why we've always been a lot more about the bow hunter, you know, than the, the real competitive target people. Okay. Uh, the, you said in, in doing all of the research and all of that. So I have, a, uh, I feel like I'm pretty, um, intelligent and I'm pretty well averse in, um, medical terminology and things. But if you look on your website at the frequently asked questions and it says you have to be a complete nerd to read, um, <laughs> past this point And it talks about, um, how it works and how the eye works and the size of the post. Uh, can you kind of give a layman's term version of that, uh, about, yeah. about, you know, what you found through your research and, and the why and how, and then the size of that post, because that, yeah. At face value, yeah. that post looks really wide. It looks like it takes up a lot of the <laughs> lot of the area there. Exactly, and that's where you know the simplest way that we've we've explained it to people is you know take your finger and hold it up in front of your eye. You know your finger is is pretty big, but when you hold it up in front of your eye, you can see it, but see through it. Um, and it's the exact same same principle. If you wanted to, you could also just focus right on your finger, and everything else behind it is gone. And basically, because of the, you know, the technical term is the, the ciliary muscles in your in your eye, they expand and contract, but they can only do so to a certain degree one way or the other, meaning your eye can only focus on one thing at a time, one distance at a time. Um, so, you know, if you are looking through a window, you can look at the blinds on your window and the trees outside are blurry. You can look at the trees outside and the blinds are blurry. And the, the human eye can't put them both at the same place. So we knew that the post had to have some substance to it to be seen or to be noticed when you're focused beyond it. You know, if you if you imagine that you that the post was a thin point, when you're looking downrange at your target that post would completely disappear on you. So we kind of looked at the, the average range of limitation that most people's ciliary muscles go through and finally settled on the magic number of 2.3 millimeters as a pretty average happy medium for what can be seen at that distance in front of people's eyes. Because, the I mean, the initial ones that we got before I had done any of this research, we just we put a few together through 3D printing and they were really thin, narrow posts. And the second I held it up, I go, duh, I'm not going to be able to see that. So it wasn't until after that that I got all the vocabulary of the, you know, the ophthalmology world to, to make sense of that. But short of going to see an eye doctor, put your finger up in front of your eye and you'll see the same exact principle. And you you know, I mean, you can picture us sitting here because we are both looking, we're both got our got our fingers in front of our faces, going, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> totally get it." Yeah. So, I I just imagine everybody that's listening then that's uh, gonna <laughs> gonna be driving down the road, listening to it in their truck. If I see somebody with right. their finger up, I'm gonna be like, "Oh, they're probably listening to our podcast." <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, one of the one of my favorite stories as a teacher, you know, that's actually. The second I did that as a, as a peep, it reminded me of this story. I had a kid uh, who was cheating on a final, and he had written uh, a bunch of notes and whatnot on the inside of his water bottle label. And he would be drinking from his water bottle, but his eye was focused real, real close, you know, because he was trying to read the inside of the label of the water bottle. And he had this kind of goofy look on his face as he was trying to get his his focus right on something that was six inches away from him and it just looked very unnatural and so i started looking at him and i and i figured out what he was doing partly because the water wasn't even at his lips but <laughs> and uh and so that's how i you know i randomly caught this kid cheating but it's that's how the eye works you can't you you can't focus on something clearly that close to you without everything else looking kind of goofy so um what what is the bow setup that you're shooting right now? We're we're kind of um, John, maybe more so than me, but archery nerds. So <laughs> right, we are uh, for the most part a PSE family. Um, we I shoot a PSE Momentum that's three years old now, 
and it's just a hammer. Um, it is loud and obnoxious, and I probably shouldn't say too much for my PSE listeners out there, but um, it's uh, I haven't I haven't been hunting since I got that rig because that's our busiest time of the year as a company, and right now at the cost of my marriage. Um, my wife and I, you know, work a lot of hours on this company. It would be uh, a poor choice on mine, on my part, to go out into the woods um, in the middle of our busiest time of year. <laughs> so I haven't shot that thing as as a uh, a true hunting bow yet. Plenty of test shots in in our basement and at the range, you know, getting new products and things going. But so we're a, a PSC family. She's got a I think she's got the stiletto. Is that the one she has? Um, but yeah, I shoot a, a PSE momentum. And then we got a spot hog front sight. And uh, I don't know who our bowstrings are. Maybe it should be you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm swamped right now with trying to just get a few done for, for my, for the close, uh, family and listeners but i'm not quite at production level yet <laughs> it's, it's funny that yeah. you say that at the at the cost of uh your marriage because <laughs> that's you know started a podcast and we thought oh yeah it's going to be just all this fun and you know we'll get to talk about bow hunting and it, a lot of time goes into it especially yeah every everything around it um so i that just boggles my mind because my next question was going to be you know so what hunts do you have planned for this year and Sounds like you're hunting for a nice piece of jewelry to say, honey, we've made it another year. <laughs> I'm, I'm hunting for a good babysitter for date night. That's what I'm hunting for. Yeah. Right. Um, well. No, I mean, you know, again, we, I, 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 I hate to say it because so many people in the business, I think sometimes are either sales pitch first. Um, but my wife and I both as, as generally as can be, you know, we get pictures of, of people that have filled their freezers or, you know, we actually ran into somebody in our hometown a couple months back, um, and he saw our, the stickers on our car, and he said, you guys are precision peeps. And he had bought one of ours two, three years ago, got his first elk from it, and it made my whole week to hear that. Um, you know, you go to the, the local Target, and and there's some guy, you know, sees your car and tells you, you know, that it, it got him his first bull. Um we're we're at this point we're about making sure other people have great hunting um i'll get back out there one of these days i had had the time of my life doing it growing up um i don't i don't feel like i ever missed out on that that great big elk i've had plenty um so we can focus on this this business and and making other people just really enjoy their seasons I'll be honest, it makes me pretty dang happy. Well, I can tell you this, until, you know, we went to ATA this year and got a little bit further into, into talking to people. Um, I don't think people realized, or I know that I never did. I, I guess I always thought that people in the hunting industry, that's what they did with, with their whole life. And it turns out they're all have another job to support their hunting and then the hunting is just the, the whatever they're <laughs> doing in the hunting industry happens to be you know what they're passionate about and the other things pay the bills um right kind of kind of that way yeah not a lot of them i mean can make it with just just the archery <laughs> but it, what's funny is i mean like you know the big big names like cameron haynes has a full-time job like that it, sure. that right there should just tell you what what it's like in the in the industry i mean he could probably certainly not have to do that but to have a passion for both i mean even for um you know school teaching or you know for for me pharmacy but then to do that on your your spare time because you're so passionate about you know your product it's, it's just kind of a kind of amazing i don't think very many people realize that Right. And it's, it's true because so many people that get the, the spotlight are people that are, you know, sponsored to, to live that life. Um, but in the trenches, uh, you know, there's a lot of great people in this industry. Um, 
who just love archery. And we've met some of the, the best people you can imagine. You know, so many hunters and people that love to bow hunt, they're just kind of salt of the earth people that, you know, want to take provision of what God's given us. And, you know, so we're all fairly grounded people. And we realize that, you know, you got to work hard to, to play hard. And that's a shared value that a lot of people in this industry have. Um, you know, I, my number one job is as a dad and a husband. And then, you know, yeah, between precision and, and being a school teacher, um, I got two other full-time jobs with those. Um, but I, that's how I grew up. You didn't have idle time. You know, we didn't own a TV, you know, on the ranch. It was because there was no time for that. Um, and we didn't know any difference. So you just filled the time working hard and, and it felt pretty dang good growing up. And, well, maybe my back is starting to feel those hay bales a little bit now, but um, I not an ounce of regret of how, how we were raised that way. And so with your uh, upbringing with um with with elk hunting um what tips do you have for us going out on our first uh first elk hunt our our expectations are have fun enjoy the scenery hear an elk see an elk and then maybe get an opportunity all all those things are (laughs) kind of would you say john that's where we're at with the whole thing yeah (laughs) well it's you know it's easy to give advice like that when you know i'm not the one that's footing the bill for it (laughs) i can i can tell you go and just you know enjoy nature and you know do some yoga and and be good to go but uh that's an expensive yoga session um you know the reality is the number one memory i have from all of my hunting uh is is sitting on we we call it joe's log because our ranch hand joe always had one log that he'd get to first but eventually my dad and I'd get there and we'd sit on Joe's log and it'd be just me and him at some point of the day. And, you know, every life lesson I learned was on that log. And uh, you get the right people with you. That's that's the first thing I would say. Have the right people with you. Yeah, enjoy the dang scenery. Um, and your next step, don't smell. Because <laughs> um, that's, you know, between smell and noise, that's the first thing. That I grew up knowing, um, you got to know the wind and and know when to be real still for a while, because elk are they are incredibly smart and incredibly spooked, so they're very jumpy. Um, so the art of being still and, and letting them come to you sometimes is it's hard in our fast-paced and patient world, but smell and smell and stay still, or don't smell and stay still, I should say. <laughs> Yeah, we're just trying to, you know, get as much information because literally we're we're going out there completely green in two weeks. In two weeks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, okay, so you guys are from Michigan, yes. Um, yeah. Got to know how the wind moves up and down mountains at different times of the day, because um, wind will go completely different direction as the heat rises at the end of the day and as the you know in the morning as the the cool air comes in, it, it completely changes direction. Um, so one morning, you know, you might be on one end of the, the direction the elk are coming, and in the evening you're on the, the complete other side of the direction they're coming. Um, You've got to play the, the wind in those, you know, the mountains, especially if, you know, are you guys going up in what, the Bitterroots up in Idaho? I, uh, we're like by the Naz Pierce, I think. Um, we're kind of in like the, beginning of the panhandle of Idaho. It's not okay. terribly high. Um, it's incredibly high for, where, for where, where we're sitting right now, but um, it's about five, 6,000 feet somewhere, somewhere okay. in there. But we'll um, still get thermals on yeah, them. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just look at, at how dramatic the mountains are and that's going to tell you how dramatic your thermals are. So um, other than that, be patient. Hope you got good, good friends and good people with you. Well, well, you're talking to our hunting party, so yeah. um, <laughs> just us two. So, so you got you got at least half of that equation on on right, your right. hands. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, is there anything else? I mean, where can people find your products 
um, Precision Peeps, and, and what what do you offer um, outside of the? You've got some arrow wraps and some other things like that. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, our our website is the the best spot to to find us. Uh, PrecisionPeeps.com. Um, we uh, we've got a couple of things in the works as far as uh, some new product offerings that uh, I can't say too much about, um, but that will uh, probably greatly enhance low light shooting. That's about all I'll say. Um, but uh, we're still in R and D on that. Um, so right now we've got just our uh, traditional precision peep uh, with the post. Um, yeah, we've got you know some hats and uh, air wraps because everybody loves to have a little gear, but, uh, we're a one stop or one product shop, I should say. Well, I, we appreciate you, you taking the time to talk to us. And, um, like I said, we don't really talk to a whole lot of people uh, about products just because it seems like, you know, everybody's talking to the same people over and over again, but I right. didn't want to have you on here. Um, just because, you know, your product certainly works. And like you said, it, it may not be for everybody. Um, but the people that are struggling with, uh, some of their shooting, um, I think this is the fast track to get you, get your groups smaller, uh, most certainly. Right. Cause you said, right. You, yeah. you definitely get you more consistent, more confident. Well, uh, you know, that's the way to go. Well, and I think it kind of goes back to that, that drafting CAD type thing, and I think the name basically um, nails it with the precision peeps. There was a discussion on um, social media on a post about precision versus accuracy. And um, the way that I always learned it was that accuracy was hitting what you were aiming at, but precision was essentially repeatability. So you might be right, six exactly. inches left of the bullseye, but they were all three arrows were touching. And I, that I think is what your site does. And whether that's, and that's one of the things that I struggle with is I'm not, um, I don't blame the equipment. I, I'm very quick to blame myself where John blames the equipment and is always tinkering with his bow and moving <laughs> his sights and doing all this stuff. But I always assume that it's mine, my fault. Um, so using, using the precision people definitely, uh, created smaller groups and they may have been a little bit high and a little bit to the left, whether that was exposing flaws in my shooting or right. uh, I just needed to adjust my sight, but I, it is definitely leans towards precision. Right. Right. No, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's a, a really interesting uh, argument to, to discuss precision versus accuracy. Um, Cause anybody can be, can be accurate once. Well, maybe not anybody, but, you know, <laughs> um, but precision is, is you're exactly right. That repeatability, that predictability, um, that you know exactly what the outcome is going to be. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. You know, we get people consistent in, in everything they do. Well, that's going to, you know, that's going to aid your confidence. And when it comes down to being drawn back and that elk is all of a sudden turning his head right at you. You know, if you don't think you're shaken and and need a confidence boost, um, you're you're either lying or a superhero. Um, <laughs> so if we can if we can teach people in that split second, you are shaking, and it's okay because you know exactly where your arrow is going. Um, you know, that's that's the the whole model that we're going for with with precision is is being able to build that confidence because you know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, I, th I think, like I said, I, I think it can help uh, a lot of people that are that are struggling. And I think for any new shooter or anybody new to archery that doesn't already have that whole shot process down in there, I mean, in today's world, everybody wants everything fast. Everybody wants everything, you know, wants results quickly. Um, right. And I, I, I honestly think that it's a lot easier today with all the new products versus what I grew up shooting of the yard sale bow with ramshackle things <laughs> here and there. Um, yep. A quiver full of, uh, six different arrows and tips. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, the precision peeps is a great, great product for, you know, for, for any of those, those types of people. And, and like I said, you know, 
I just want to thank you so much for coming on and, and talking to us. I don't think that uh, we've got uh, any more questions. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, taking time. I know you guys got a lot to you know cover every week. Um, and uh, I know you probably spend a lot of time researching your, your upcoming hunt, but I just, yeah, I'm happy to get on and, you know, tell people whatever we can about our product. We're, uh, like I said, we're, we're not a sales pitch kind of group. We just happen to come across a product that works pretty dang well. And if we can help people out, we're happy to do it. Well, I'll definitely, uh, when, when John and I are successful here in a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll let you live vicariously through us with, uh, with all of our, uh, trophy photos. And if that trophy photo just happens to be a sunset over the mountains, then, uh, through the, can, through the precision, <laughs> through the precision peep, uh, that, that will be, uh, our contribution to your season. Well, we've, uh, we, we actually have one of those shots. We got a pro staffer shoots every single day, um, uh, hunts every single day out in Hawaii. He's got a open, open season on axis deer and he was bored one night and sent us that exact picture of the sunset through the precision <laughs> peep, but we don't have one from Idaho, so I'll take it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we'll uh, we'll definitely let you know when this one gets up so you can uh, let your people know, but I think that's all we've got for tonight. So thank you. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, John. You guys have a great night. All right. Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.